This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. What was I just telling you? Oh, Shmi- the Shemitah year. So, so we're going to be getting into Shemitah. And, oh, no, I was talking about a couple. So there was this couple, four kids, four kids. He's got a job, you know, with a shul. And she's like big time involved in the community. And they did the possible use seminar. And then I see him like half a year later and he's looking a little sad. And I said, what's going on? He says, we're moving back to America. And I'm like, I was literally ready to tear my, tear my, my clothes. And I'm like, what do you mean you're moving back to America? And he's like, we got, we got to go back. It's time. I'm like, what do you mean it's time? What, did I miss something? Like, how did it become time? And he's like, he's like, our parents said it's time. And I'm like, I looked at his wife's wedding band and I was like, your parents still tell you what to do? You know, married couple with four kids. Like, you sure you're American? And, you know, your parents still telling you what to do? So anyway, so I said, listen, it's very nice your parents are telling you what to do, but you have to ask a rub. You don't just leave Eretz Yisrael because you feel like it. It's halachas. So... So he says, he says, we asked, we asked two Rabban, two Rabbanim, and they're both Dayanim. I said, who'd you ask? Our parents. They're both children of Dayanim. Anyway, there goes another couple. But you know what? The truth is, I'm not that excited about you. And I wasn't that excited about them. What I was excited about was their children. Is that their children, what's difficult for you will not be hard for your kids. At what point is a generation going to stop making it easy for themselves, which is going to make it hard on your kids? Like, what, what, what generation is going to take the hit of not being able to drive your Lincoln Navigator up to Costco so that it'll be easy for your kids to live in Eretz Yisrael? Who's going to take the hit so it'll be easy? You realize your grandkids are going to be the most hevige Eretz Yisrael kids ever who can't even... You're just going to be these funny... You're just going to be this funny Bubby and Zadie that thought it was hard to move to Eretz Yisrael. You'll be the funny Bubby and Zadie. But meanwhile, the family will be completely integrated and like massive B'nai Torah, living in like mamish, like the Ichvis de Meshicha, if not already in Moshiach. So you got to realize every time it's hard, what would a woman not do for her kids that's hard? If it's hard, remember your labor. Okay, the whole, po- the whole thing about it bringing kids into this world comes with labor. So labor's hard. And, and, the, and Eretz Yisrael comes with Yisurim. Right? Three things come with Yisurim. Olam Hava, Eretz Yisrael, and Teir. So you move to Eretz Yisrael, so it comes, it comes with some difficulties. And you know what I tell all the men in America? This is the last thing I'm going to say about all this because we're going to talk about Hanukkah. What I tell all the men in America is he says, oh, I just got to mention one more thing. I was, in, I was uh, touring in America three, you know, in the tri-state area three months ago. And uh, not one woman said anything about moving to Eretz Yisrael. Certainly no man did. You know, what's very interesting, a lot of your men brought you here. Which is really interesting because the, if the man's not coming, you're not coming. And so, and so the uh, 
I just got back like three weeks ago from again. I was I was there for five weeks, mostly in Borough Park, but I was also in Muncie for a week, and I was in Lakewood for a week. Everywhere I went, and I I spoke at two different Shabbatones, where you know, I had like eight, nine, ten speaking slots with five hundred, meaning two hundred and fifty Hasidic couples at both of them, two in a week, two in a row. Kerev Tony, which is all that, that was created by the graduates of the Possible You. And so it's like, the, it's like my grandchild is Shabbos Karaptani. And I have a great grandchild because they created, an, someone from Shabbos Karaptani created another Shabbos called Kesher Nafshi, which was another 500 people. All the women were like, get, go speak to my husband and get us out of America. All the women there, the Nushin Sidkanias have like kicked in, meaning the ones who saved us from Mitzrayim. It's kicked in over there. I had to go to homes in Borough Park that my Talmudim were dragging me to their homes to talk to their wife. And I was looking at his wife. I was like, yeah, she's right. She's right because the women are finally, they're, they're finally getting it that this is the most unstable time in America in 70 years. With the first time in 70 years where civil liberties are being given back to the government. And everyone's just doing it like with horse blinders. It never goes well. It never goes well when governments get powerful, ever in history. But usually it's just like one country. It's Cuba, or it's Russia, or it's Germany. This is happening globally. And so the women are finally getting freaked out. So my wife, um, who you all should get to know, who's made many women's aliyah much easier on them. The, uh, my wife, she, uh, and we're here, by the way, 30 years. Yeah, we just had our 26th anniversary, but... But the, uh, the, the three years from when we moved here, um, before then, um, we were obviously very from young people, but, but I, I always told my rabbis, when it's time to date, I want to date that one. <laughs> so even though we're, it was 26 years, it's really more like 29. So the, um, uh, what was I going to say about all these years here? Oh, my wife created this campaign called Pac-Woman. Pac-Woman. Yeah. You heard of the video game Pac-Man? So it's Pac-Woman. And what happens is all the women out in America, in America, so they, uh, the United States of Asif, so they, what they do is they all have to pack, each kid has two Shabbos outfits, including the mommy, and the, the Tati forget about because you know, Women, it takes them like an hour to get ready, and they're like, I'm ready, and the Tati just kind of grabs his hat and just goes, let's go. So we don't have to pack the men, but every wife, every woman and all the kids have a suitcase in storage with two Shabbos outfits, three Vachadik, is that right, two Shabbos outfits? Three Vachadik, and my wife added something that I don't know if you know about this tradition, but it's called a Mashiach outfit, Mashiach dress. You've heard that concept? Yeah, so Mashiach dress, which is what you wear when Mashiach comes. Anyway, but what happens is a Kurdish Baruch who sees that all the women did hachane. They're not just talking about, they're not just saying, you know, on their way to their hairstylist, but they're, they're actually packed. They're actually packed. That Hashem sees that all the Jewish women packed. And the truth is, you could even have it in the non-firm world too. You could make like, meaning the 
90% of Jewish women in America are secular. So we could have it be like this massive campaign where the Nushim Sidkanias, they're not going to be able to go anywhere because their husbands have like three to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years business deals that are only going to come around in six years. Those men aren't going anywhere. But at least Hashem will see the Nushim Sidkanias and maybe speed up the process. So what I was going to say, that last thing I was going to say was that the men, I tell the men all the time that I'm constantly on these flights with guys just like you. We all sit in the business lounge together and we chill together and we're laughing. We're laughing our way to the bank. Which, which bank? The Ruchnia's bank. Why? Because our wives and kids are in Eretz Yisrael. And yeah, we have to fly. And you can ask her what it's like. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy, but... but you know, I fly out there, I'm gone for 10 days, I come back, but the but all these men, some are doctors, some are lawyers, some are builders, but they 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 put their families where it's safe and where there's a future. While they're still while they're still squeezing the money out of America. You understand? The husbands are still squeezing the money out of America, but they've at least put their children and wives where there's a future for Yisrael. And and that's and that's such a more such a solid way to go and such a uh, responsible way to go with one's family, as opposed to just kind of hoping things don't get worse, which is all that's going on out there. And every single person came up to me, panicked to talk. Every person at every Shabbaton, every man sat with me, every table, every time my the seat empty next to me, another man would come sit down and say, "Do you think we have more time left?" And I'd just be like, no, I don't. But I don't think anything's going to happen in the next year or two. So you got some slack. Okay, let's go Hanukkah. Um, it's enough about all that. So what I'd like to do tonight is share with you. Do ladies say hollow during Hanukkah? You say hollow? So I'd like to share with you some nuggets to think about um, regarding Hanukkah. Um, You know, you, you know that women have an Isra Malacha for like 30 minutes after Hadlokah. That's a little weird, you know. Like, what's, what's the Kesher between you doing Malacha and, and Neres Hanukkah? Like, there's really no Kesher. So, so if you look in the Halacha, it says, because they were involved in Oisoyan Nes, right? You know, which is like, that's cute, you know, because, you know, someone, someone because a, a Tzedekis gave milk to, uh, who's it, Antiochus? To who? Holy fairness. Holy fairness. <laughs> really? <laughs> who was that? Local general. Anyway, that's a, that's a great reason for you to not do malacha. You understand? Like ma kesher. You know, like this. No, what's a kesher? So, so check it out. Listen, why you wouldn't do malacha? The reason you wouldn't do malacha is the same reason you don't do malacha on Yontav or Shabbos. Why don't you do malacha on Shabbos? Because Shabbos is where we celebrate the light of Hashem with the, undistracted by malacha. You understand that six days a week, you know, we're, we're distracted by life. We gotta, we gotta make a living. We gotta reap, you know, and we've got to feed and we've got to, you know, we've got to, work on our daily survival. So God reserved one day where we would spend our entire time 
completely in dedication to the light. What's this festival? The festival of light. When do we celebrate it? In the winter solstice, the darkest time of the year. It's emunach And this is the time where we celebrate the light. What light? The Orein Sof. So what's the Orein Sof? The Orein Sof is the or of the 25th of Kislev, which nine months later gives birth to the 25th of Elo. So the words Vayi or al Kabbalah are the 25th of Kislev to give birth nine months later the 25th of Elo when, when Bereshis, you know, starts, when the creation happens. This is the light. That's why you're not doing Malacha. And today... It was too bad we didn't have this talk right before Shabbos. But today was actually Hanukkah. Hanukkah Batsumoy, like the essence of Hanukkah. Because we spent the whole day not doing malacha. And so we were involved totally in the light. And so when you light, you don't do malacha. Because now you're involved in the light. And when you're in the light, you're not distracted. It's a non-distracted time where you stare into those flames. And those flames, what's that light? That light... Is the light that is creating that that creates the whole world. It's the the Orain So. Now, by the way, I don't know if you know any physics, but guess what the whole world's made out of? According to physics, phys, physicists, it's made of light. The whole entire world is made of light energy. So whether you're a Makubo or whether you're a, in a lab coat at Hebrew University in the physics department, we're in full agreement that the world comes from light energy. Everything comes from light. This whole world is just a projection into physicality. Now, let's get some insights into uh, Hallel. Uh, one particular one, which I brought down today at the, our Shabbos table, was um, was Evan Maso Aboinim Haisa Laroish Pina. Evan Maso Aboinim. What's the stone that builders hate? Builders love stones. How do you build without them? You need stones to build. So what's the Evan Maso Aboinim? That what stone do they hate? Builders love stones. And so the answer is that we're the stone that the builders hate. What are the Greeks? The Greeks are the builders. They're the builders. Has anyone here been to Greece? Anyone here been to Athens? I've been to Athens. You've been to Athens? And my wife and I have been to Athens. Of course. Not together. But we're thinking, of, uh, we want to make our seum on Pesachim in the, in the Coliseum. Coliseum is one of the most impressive stadiums ever built. And it's just massive. You can Google it later just to see what we're talking about. It's, it's gigantic. And it was actually built by Jewish slaves that were taken out of Yerushalayim. And guess what they pay, how they paid for it all? With the, with the spoils of Yerushalayim. So we were gonna. We wanted to make the seum. The seum's gonna be on Yud Nisan, my birthday. Um, we wanted to make the seum in the Colosseum. So we're we already shy. My chavrus has already started making phone calls. in Greece. In Greece. In Rome or Rome, Rome. Aren't Greece and Rome pretty similar? No, no. I think the Colosseum is in Greece because I think Rome was there at the time. I think that was when the Rome, Romans took over for the Greeks. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, feel free to add in the comments where the Colosseum is. <laughs> anyway, listen, the Greeks are great builders. 
Look at the word for Greece, Yavan. What's a Yud stand for? Yud is is the idea. Yud, it's called Yud Chachma. How do you know that? Because every time you have an idea, but you haven't yet implemented that idea, it's just a Yud, it's floating around. I don't know if you know in Kabbalah, the tops of the letters have to do with Shemayim, with spirit, and the bottoms of letters have to do with Aretz. Okay? That's how you understand everything. Like, like to learn something, like I'm teaching now, everything I'm teaching you is coming from the Yud down to the earth, which would be really a Vav. Because what's a Vav? The implementation of an idea. But what's learning? Learning is where I take it down, and instead of like a Vav, which would be me like spoon-feeding it, no, learning is I'm taking you on a journey that's ultimately going to wind up back over there. That's the learning. And, and that's why a lama takes a, tr- it takes a trip so that, so that you yourself have, have somehow integrated what you learned. But really you know it anyway because all Torah really is just coming out from the angel that originally taught it to us. So, so Yavan is a Yud. Who had greater ideas than the Greeks? Well, the Jews, but besides us. Nobody. De- de- democracies throughout the world, the word democracy is Greek. All the ideas, all the philosophies all came from the ancient Greeks, except for obviously ours. But we've always been that still small voice. So the world doesn't know about us. So they're massive on the Yud. But if you ever go to Athens, you'll see how massively they, the builders, the Bonim built. And that's the Vav. Vav is implementation. And the Greeks were amazing at implementation. But if you don't have a Shem, so then there's a Nun. And what's the Nun? The Nun goes all the way down into what's below the earth, that dark side, the Sitra Achra. So if you don't have, if you don't have ethics, values, if you don't have Arachim, so then the ideas, you know, for example, someone had an idea of splitting an atom for nuclear power. Great idea. They were able to implement it, and that's how we have nuclear power. But if you don't have a Shem, then you wind up with nuclear bomb. And that's the Nun. That's the, the Lenga Nun that goes into the Chayshe. And that's Yavan. Uh, by the way, um, if you add the word Sadiq to Yavan, brings us back to our original Torahs about Eretz Israel. Is What's the word Sadiq with Yavan? Tzion. Tzion's actually Tzadik with Yavan. And what's a Tzadik? If you look at a Tzadik like a yoga, you know, like he's doing yoga, yeah? He's got his hands totally to Hashem. But check out how he's totally in this physical world. And that's Yosef HaTzadik. Look at Yosef. He's called Yosef HaTzadik. Who's like totally everything Shemaim. But if you didn't know Torah Shabal Peh, you'd think Yosef was, was the treasure of the United States. I mean, he seems to be just in charge of everything. Yosef just keeps winding up in charge. And, and that's Tzadik. Tzadik is... Shemayim and totally all across the baseline of Aretz to be a dira b'tachtonim for a Kodesh Baruch Hu. and so Tzion ultimately is Sadiq Yavan. That's why Yosef is gematria Tzion. Yosef is uh, gematria two fifty six, which is uh, gematria Tzion. I just made up that number. I don't know if it's really two fifty six. Uh, Yud is ten, Vav is six. Hey, we got a six and ten. That's good. Samech. Is sixty? Oh, it's one fifty-six. No, Samak and Pei is. What is it? Nah. Oh, it is. Oh. 
156? 156. So Sion and Yosef are the same. And you'll notice, by the way, I just want to say for all of us who are here now, because we moved here as B'nai Torah, is that there's two types of Yosefs. There's sleeper cell Yosefs that are builders, like Yosef in Mitzrayim. And then there's activated cell Yosefs that are tzaddik. That are tzaddik. So you'll notice that Yosef set the infrastructure for the Geula Mitzrayim. And the Tzionim built the infrastructure. They built these all the highways and the you know the trains and the airport and the hospitals. And you know, they they did all the Yosef sleeper cell Yosef work to build the Yavan part. But we are holding on to the tzaddik. And ultimately, oh, and by the way, they don't have babies. No offense to the secular Israelis. But they're not very prolific when it comes to fertility. Uh, whereas we, on the other hand, are having like just during this talk that I'm giving, which is about to end, is um, the babies that will be born during this half hour that I'm speaking to you will like three out of four of them, and probably much more than that, but three out of four will be B'nai Taira that would be born during this hour. So we don't have to do anything but hold tight. We just have to be staying tuned to Hashem's amazing, amazing plan for creation. That's why it's called history. It's capital H. His story. Now, Evan Maso Bunny, we're the Evan that the, the builders hate. We're the Evan they hate. Why do they hate us? Because we remind them of their guilt. Okay? They, the Goyim just want to do whatever they want. They want to take Hashem off the top of the Sulam Yankov. They want to get rid of that so they can do whatever they want. They can be a boy today. They can be a girl tomorrow. They want to get rid of Hashem's, Hashem's hierarchy of values that were born to climb that ladder of values towards Hashem. They want to get rid of all that. But we're the it. We're from Harsinai. We can't stop reminding them. We're this constant reminder. I mean, I'm sure they're enjoying our Hanukkah videos on YouTube right now. Because, you know, have you guys seen, uh, have you seen, uh, uh, what was it? I want a puppy for Hanukkah. Has anyone seen that one? Oh my gosh. Every year there's like 50 new music videos and they're all like worse than the, uh, everyone's worse than the one before it and they're unwatchable. But uh, check out I want a puppy for Hanukkah. That one wins the last 10 years hands down. Disney actually put it out. It's just the cutest video. Did you see it? You gotta see it. So, <laughs> It is really funny. So, anyway, the Evan Maso Abundium, I'm going to finish with this. The Evan Maso Abundium is Klau Yisrael. And what's going to happen at the end of the day? Haisa la Rosh Pina. What's a Rosh Pina? So, when you look at an arch, it's anti gravity. All those stones, and you look at the Koisel, especially you go indoors. You ever dive in indoors? He has this Nashim in the Koisel. That's a gigantic arch. Think of the weight of that thing. But actually, the weight of that thing is what makes it so strong because it all hits the Evan Pina at the top. There's an Evan Pina, and all that gravity is pushing into the Evan Pina. The, the, you know, the, the, the Rosh, sorry, the Rosh Pina. It's all going into the Rosh Pina. We're the Rosh Pina that's going to hold together the entire planet. They hate us, but in the end, we will be the Rosh Pina. Klai Yisrael are going to be the Rosh Pina. And this is, um, it's a historical fact. I mean, it's throughout all of Tanakh that this is going to take place. And and it also can only take place with, the, with Klai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael, including Yemosa Mashiach 
You know, I hate to say it, but if you check Chazal and Tanakh, everyone in Eretz Yisrael, when Mashiach comes, the Yidin that will be in Eretz Yisrael are the Yidin in Eretz Yisrael. Period. Okay, so all the wishful thinking out there that, you know, when you ever ask them, when you move to Eretz Yisrael, they're all saying, when Mashiach comes. Check Chazal on that. Check Chazal on that. You'll see that the, the Yidin that will be in Eretz Yisrael are the Yidin for, the, the, for Mashiach site. And so, please God, I bless everybody, first of all, with a Freilich and Hanukkah, but, but I also bless everybody with strength to, to dig deep foundations into Eretz Yisrael in honor of your, your kinder, in honor of your Enochlach to come, and for our future, that in the time that they finally, Claudius will be, will be the Rosh Pina of the world. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.